everyone. Welcome back to Ubaldi Reports. Now, over the weekend, we had a stunning announcement. Antonio Scalia, this conservative Supreme Court justice, died of a heart attack. And now the president will have an opportunity to fill a vacancy on the court. And this could determine what direction the court goes, in the, at least in the next few years, because whoever becomes president will have a couple other choices to make. We'll just have to see how that goes. But this is where the political battle will definitely heat up. It's going to be a long, hot summer and really hot in Washington. But the real issue on Saturday was the fiery and just contentious debate between the Republicans. In Greenville, South Carolina, CBS hosted and moderated the, I think, believe the eighth Republican debate. Now, it was moderated by John Dickerson, Major Garrett, and Kimberly Stossel of the Wall Street Journal. Now, it started off pretty mild. It just started off all the candidates giving, paying their respects to um, at Justice Scalia. And then each candidate basically said that the president needs to hold off until next year when the new president takes office to have that person, him or her, make the selection. But by the Constitution, the president doesn't have to. He is given the right to select his appointee to the bench and be confirmed by the Senate. So we'll have to see how that goes. But the real battle really took off when they started to talk about ISIS and Iraq. And that's when the the fur flew and everybody was just getting into it. But the candidates who were mostly involved in this were Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, Jeb Bush, and Marco Rubio. Ben Carson and John Kasich presented themselves above the fray, commenting that Hey, this is the this is why the public is just sick and tired of um, politics. They see just this contentious battle, but the real battle was how to defeat ISIS. Now, Donald Trump made the accusation that the reason we're in this mess is because George Bush invaded Iraq, and he just keep picking on that moniker. And Jeb Bush was not going to hear none of that. And John, in his comments, Donald Trump mentioned that. We need to defeat ISIS. We need to bomb them. We need to take their oil. And it just went in it from there where each of the candidates said, That's not, that doesn't make sense. Marco Rubio jumped in. But then when Donald Trump blamed 9-11 for, I mean, excuse me, blamed George Bush for 9-11 because he was president, that's where Jeb, Jeb Bush says, we're not, we're not doing this. You're not going to insult this. This is not the way we should go. Even Mark Ruby, I believe, mentioned that he was shocked that somebody from the Republican side would be saying something like that. Now, for Donald Trump to say 9-11 or George Bush was responsible for 9-11, then I would guess he would agree that Pearl Harbor was the responsibility of Franklin Roosevelt because Franklin Roosevelt was president for nine years when nine, when um, Pearl Harbor happened. So. It's just, there's just these allegations that go back and forth. The CIA knew. Nobody has pointed to George, even both bipartisan reports have never pointed that George Bush was ultimately responsible, even though he was the president um, of the United States during that period. But getting back to how to defeat ISIS, if we take out the contentious nature of their arguments, Donald Trump, his argument was, we just need to bomb ISIS and bomb them. We need to take the oil. But that has a, a connotation that Donald Trump doesn't quite understand 
the Middle East. Now, Ted Cruz has the same kind of um, argument that we need to bomb ISIS, we need to destroy ISIS, we need to defeat ISIS. And when I become president in January of 2017, I'm going to tear up the nuclear agreement. Now, I think all the candidates do agree that the nuclear agreement was a very flawed um, agreement for the United States and really gave Iran everything they wanted and then some. But to tear up the agreement, yeah, you can do that. But because the agreement was signed, the sanctions are lifted, the, um, the, the, the frozen funds are heading back to Iran as we speak, it's not going to go back. We would be the only ones um, doing or sanctioning Iran where Europe, China, and Russia, and you got Russia and China who are members of the um, Security Council said, we are not going to go back to sanctions because they want to do business with Iran. Um, Europe is doing business with Iran. So it would be in just our name only. The only way that maybe you can do sanctions if any company, entity, or subsidiary of a major corporation does business with Iran, they would not be able to do business in the United States and let the those companies know that we are going to honor. That's probably the only way you can do it. The die has been cast, and this is what we're going to have to live with. But because of Donald Trump and Ted Cruz, as their remarks about how to defeat ISIS, they're missing the whole picture. They don't really quite understand that questioning. Now, John Dickerson, I believe, was the one who answered, asked this question because former Secretary of Defense Robert Gates in both the Bush and Obama administration had stated recently that the arguments that Ted Cruz and Donald Trump are making are more noise than anything that's based in reality. And they really came, they didn't really, agree, obviously, very hotly, agree, they did not agree with that statement. But and but from studying the Middle East, they, I would agree with Robert Gates because it's more complex than people want it, that these two candidates, and it's sad that they're the two two top-running candidates for the Republican Party, that they don't understand the Middle East. Donald Trump said the first and foremost thing we need to do is defeat ISIS first. But the one thing he doesn't understand that when all the candidates say we got to get the Arabs, um, the Arab countries, the Sunni Arabs on board, they're not going to do that. They see the nuclear agreement with Iran as a dagger into their backs. They also see that the real threat is not ISIS, it's Iran. And they have always, since the Arabic Spring broke open in 2011, they believe that they wanted Assad gone first. Then we'll focus on um, Afghan, excuse me, ISIS and some of the other competing interests. Now, Robert Gates, in an interview on, um, what was it? I think it was PBS, had stated that. Each of the, the regional powers, Russia, Iran, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, including the Gulf states and some of the Sunni, other, other Sunni countries, have always said Assad needs to go first. But they also have different strategic interests. Their interests are not defeating ISIS. Now, Cruz had mentioned that we need to really rearm the, the, um, the Kurds and we need to use them as our ground force because they're doing a great job defeating ISIS in a lot of the Iraqi cities. But what he doesn't understand is there's no ground component that's going into Syria right now. The Kurds aren't going to do that because, one, the Tur- Turkey doesn't want them to do that. And they would be adamant against it. Turkey has wanted us to get rid of Assad. 
They're not really going after ISIS. Then you have Russia. Their focus is to keep Assad in power or another Alawite leader. So as long as they keep their two air base, two military base in Syria open, Latakia and Taurus, that's all they're concerned. Iran wants Assad or an Assad-like leader in charge because that's a conduit for them to send military and aid to their proxy forces in um, Lebanon as of Hezbollah and Hamas. So everybody has different interests and Donald Trump and Ted Cruz are not understanding the region. You can make these bombastic statements, I'm going to bomb this and I'm going to bomb that, but you need to focus it on reality. What's reality on the ground? Now, currently, there is an agreement that was put together last week by the Russian foreign minister and secretary of state, John Kerry. But all that did is solidify the gains made by Russia, Iran, and really emboldens the Syrian leader, President Bashar al-Assad. This does nothing to solve the problem, does nothing to solve the refugee problem, does anything to really solve the crisis. It just gives all the powers a, a chance to consolidate their gains. And Russia has been bombing the anti-Assad forces who we are backing. So it'll be interesting how a Trump presidency or a Cruz presidency would do anything. And the one thing that both of them missed, okay, we bomb Assad. I mean, excuse me, we bomb ISIS. We destroy ISIS. What takes the place of ISIS? If you haven't fixed the, the Syrian governmental problem with Assad, the Al-Nusra Front was an Al-Qaeda-linked group or a like Al-Qaeda group. They take over. So now we've got another terror group that we have to deal with. They haven't fixed the problem in Iraq where the Shiite-dominated government has marginalized the Sunnis. What about the Sunni Arabs in the Ambar province area? What about... Um, the Iraqi army go into Mosul, which ISIS controls. How are all these things going to be done? They haven't said how they're going to do anything with um, Iran. So there's too many unanswered questions that Donald Trump and Ted Cruz have not answered. And the biggest one, again, is what replaces ISIS in, um, in Syria? And I know Donald Trump wants to blame um, George Bush for the, uh, the the formation of ISIS. Well, that's a very simplistic argument because we went into Iraq. I got it. And George Bush didn't have a decent plan, but we rectified that with the surge that stabilized Iraq. It's when the United States pulled out precipitously, that's when it all morphed into what happened in um, Syria. They allowed Al-Qaeda elements, which was ISIS, to to form in Syria because once the Arabic Spring broke open, it left a vacuum in that northern part of Syria, and that's where um, ISIS filled. So there are some things that need to be um, addressed, and Donald Trump and Ted Cruz haven't articulated what those are. Now, Donald Trump keeps mentioning that he was against the war from day one. He keeps saying in 2003, I said this was a mistake, but fact-checkers have stated there was no record of him ever saying that in 2003 before we went into Iraq. Now, there, he is on record being against it, but that was in 2004 when the war wasn't as going as well as we had hoped it would. So 
he needs to take a look at that. Now, the one thing that's interesting is, and this is for somebody who spent 30 years in the Marines with three combat tours in Iraq and Afghanistan, Donald Trump prides himself in previous debates that he says, I'm a militarist. I want to be tough on this and that. But it's interesting that Donald Trump had four deferments for the Vietnam War. Now, he criticizes John McCain. He's no hero. I mean, he's, he was a POW, but John McCain served. Donald Trump didn't. Now, this may sound I'm against Donald Trump, but I'm against anybody that criticizes veterans. I'm against anybody that talks about let's go to war, but when you had your opportunity, you didn't do it. Four deferments, and then his sons are consistently getting on Fox News, and they talk about, I mean, just especially one of them, right after the San Bernardino um, terror attack in December, talks about um, we need to be tough on ISIS, we need to be tough on terror, but they're not serving in the military. Let's don't be so eager to send someone else's sons and daughters into the into harm's way when you didn't do it, when you had the opportunity to serve your country, and then you have two sons who are not serving their country. So let's be careful of whose sons you send off into combat. So, And Donald Trump and Ted Cruz need to listen to Robert Gates and come up with a more coherent strategy. The only one so far that's come up with a kind of a broad-based approach was Marco Rubio. I'm not saying I'm supporting Marco Rubio. I'm not endorsing or not endorsing any candidate. Well, to me, it's just he comes up with at least brings the broader approach to it, dealing with our Sunni allies, getting rid of Assad, dealing with Iran, dealing with a host of issues that all encompasses in how to defeat um, ISIS. Now, he also needs to be more detailed in how he plans on doing this. But the biggest problem is, the, the region does not trust the United States. We, the next president is really going to have to show that they are committed to the region and the allies have to understand they are committed to the region. Now, George Bush, um, excuse me, President Bush Sr., who led the, Gulf, led the American forces into the Gulf War, the Arab allies understood that George Bush meant business because he, he, he backed up what he said Unlike President Obama, who says things but doesn't back it up. That's where the, um, the Sunni, coalition, Sunni Arabs have a problem. Now, going into the, after we get a part of this debate, then it started to get into a couple other issues. But the big issue was just on the war in Iraq and who, fought, who supported it, who didn't. And Marco Rubio came to um, President Bush's defense and said, we, would have got, we wouldn't have been here if President Clinton would have killed Osama bin Laden back in the 90s when he had the chance. So it all comes down to where you, where you fit on this. Now, this is interesting, this debate, because South Carolina, where the Republicans will be holding the first that primary this Saturday, has a huge veteran population. And George Bush, or President Bush, is very popular still among the veterans. Now, some still believe we shouldn't have gone into Iraq, Historians and voters are going to have to make that decision if you want to support uh, the various Republican candidates. So we'll have to see how this goes. But we'll have to see on Saturday, does this debate where Donald Trump blamed George Bush for 9-11? So we'll have to see where the voters come in on that. 
it then it didn't really touch much on the economy. They did touch on entitlements, and Donald Trump was asked about his entitlement um, strategy. He did mention that we need to get rid of the waste, fraud, and abuse out of it, especially as it relates to Medicare. But there was no coherent strategy or no detailed strategy how you were going to do that. Every politicians on both sides keep saying we need to get rid of the waste, fraud, and abuse of an entitlement system, but no one has come up with a comprehensive plan to rein in that. Now, in the debate beyond what was going on in Afghanistan, Iraq, there was really nothing talking about the national debt. Again, I said this with the Republic, I mean the Democratic debate. We got nineteen trillion dollars, almost twenty trillion, and nobody's talking about how they would reduce the the, the, the the huge national debt. There was nothing talked about small business. They did talk about their various tax plans, and this is where economists and are gonna have to weigh that back. But they really didn't dial in what are some of the challenges faced by small businesses, which are at record low. There's very few new small businesses or entrepreneurs starting up. When they were talking about foreign affairs, they didn't say anything about Afghanistan. Whoever becomes president will still have 9,500 troops in Afghanistan, and nothing was discussed on that. They mentioned little about China. And when Donald Trump was pressed on that, he said, I want to take jobs back to the U.S. But he never really articulated how he was going to do that. Some of the proposals, some of the statements he made, he wants to raise um, tariffs on China by 40%. But one has to remember what exacerbated the Great Depression is right after the stock market crashed, the uh, Washington instituted huge tariffs that other countries retaliated And that sunk the country deeper into the world, into the global recession. So I just like to know how is he going to do, what is he going to do to take jobs back to the U.S.? The one thing that someone who's a business owner and none of the candidates talk about is why are manufacturers sending jobs overseas? I understand labor costs are high um, here, so they do it's it's cheaper, cheaper labor, but that's not everything. The mode of production is very high in the United States. But no one has articulated how do we get jobs back beyond just saying, I want to take jobs back. So some of these things need to be addressed. And then other issues regarding the U.S. economy. Very little was mentioned about the Affordable Care Act, Dodd-Frank, all these other things that hamper the U.S. economy. And the one question I would like to see the pundits or the, the moderators ask, how do all these other candidates plan on working with the other side. Whoever becomes president is not going to enjoy the supermajority in the, the House, in the Congress and in the Senate that Barack Obama enjoyed. How are they going to work with the other side? I mean, especially Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. How are they going to work with the other side? Ted Cruz is hated among his fellow Republicans. And Donald Trump, from his reality show, you can't fire a senator or a congressman. How is he going to work with the other side? And nobody has really looked at Donald Trump's business dealings. I mean, he's filed bankruptcies four times. How many small businesses that service his his corporation went bankrupt and weren't unable to make a go of their business because they weren't getting paid? How many businesses can take two years before they get payment so they can pay off their creditors? That needs to be looked at. So we need to really ask these candidates questions and quit having them going back and forth 
um, going at it with each other without getting into substance, substance issues. Now, the other issue is, and probably the last thing, is immigration. I mean, immigration, they're talking about who said what, when they said it, what did you say in the House or what did you said in the Senate. And they check Marco Rubio because he was part of the Gang of Eight and it didn't go anywhere, but at least he was trying to get something through. But nobody talks about, I mean, they never really focus on what they would do. They just slam each other. And it's, they never really get to the crux of the issues like with, with immigration. What, do we, what is U.S. policy toward Mexico and Central America, where most of the immigrants come from? What are we doing to fix the problems there? Now, the Pope went to Mexico as an example, and he made the point to tell Mexico, you really need to help the, the people in your country. That's the only way you're going to get it. But what are we doing to help Mexico stabilize its country? Because if they're a stable country... The immigrants won't come here. What are we doing in Latin America so they don't have all the problems down there that are dealing with these issues that are sending people, their young people, to America? And the one thing that I I would love to have them ask that never did is Donald Trump keeps saying, I will build a wall and Mexico will pay for it. Okay, how are you going to make Mexico pay for it? That's a great statement to his supporters, but how are you going to do this? And that's the question I would ask for all the candidates. How are you going to do this? How are you going to do with what you said you're going to do? And this is the thing that never gets answered. And we see them fighting over this, but I would, going back to the Iraq war, they keep fighting over this. Everybody needs to remember, everybody voted for it. 80% of the Democratic Party voted for it, and almost all Republicans voted for it. John Kerry voted for it. Um, Joseph Biden, the vice president, voted for it. Those two also voted against the first Gulf War. Harry Reid voted for it. So let's forget how we got there and let's fix the problem that we're in. That's the same thing with the economy. How are you going to jumpstart this listless American economy so everybody is benefiting, not just a few, because the way the system is, the way the economy is set up? As much as everybody tells that unemployment is 4.9, that's it's not reality. If you take in all those who have stopped looking, that's about six million. If you look at the labor the labor statistics report, if you add those six million, unemployment would be much higher. So we need to really look at helping Main Street America. How are we going to help the middle class who are getting clobbered under this economy? So. As the next debates, let's really challenge these moderators. Let's challenge these candidates to answer these questions. And let's really focus on the real issues and not this gamemanship that was played out on Saturday. I don't care who said what. When, what is your strategy to fix these problems? But we'll be talking about this in future podcasts. If you go to Stitcher and iTunes, sign up. It's free. Let me know what you think. What do you want to hear? What do you want to discuss on these podcasts? I'm just trying to let America know so at least you know the issues. But go to Stitcher, go to iTunes, sign up. Let me know what you think. Let your friends know. If you get a chance, I wrote a book. It's a bestseller on Amazon called The New Business Brigade. You can find it at any major bookseller. My goal is to get it on the New York Times bestseller list. But So if you go out and buy The New Business Brigade, the whole premise is why businesses 
need to hire veterans and the untapped resource they represent. And that's another issue that wasn't discussed was veterans. And that's what the whole crux of that book is, to let people know the value of veterans. So I thank everybody for listening to Ubaldi Reports. Keep on listening and let your friends know. And keep listening again. Thank you for listening to Uvalde Reports.